This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. This is Ryan Edberg, and you are listening to Truth and Power. Uh, if you guys want to check out all of our upcoming events, go to kingdomyouthconference.com. Uh, you can always see all of the events that we've got in different cities. We do about 14 of them every single year. Um, so check out kingdomyouthconference.com. You can also donate to the ministry and what we're doing there. Um, we're trying to do um, just youth conferences all over at the most affordable price that we can. And uh, during COVID, I think that uh, students need to come out and hear the gospel at no charge. So we're trying to make that happen. So again, go check out kingdomyouthconference.com and uh, support what we're doing and check out all the events. Um, today on Truth and Power, I wanted to talk to you guys about entering into um, his rest. If you look at scripture from the very beginning of Genesis and then all through um, scripture, you can see that there's this promise of rest. In the garden, when God created Adam and Eve, he created them and um, he said, be fruitful and multiply. So that was their job, you know, name the animals, be fruitful and multiply. And then sin comes into the picture and it messes up everything. It messes up that relationship that we had with God where we could just walk and talk with him in the cool of the day. And so you see that in uh, Genesis 2, is starting in 1, it says, The heavens and the earth and all of the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which we, he had done. And he had rested on the seventh day from all his works, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he had rested from all his works which he created and had made. So you see here that God has uh, created everything in six days and then he rested. And this is really just uh, a parallel of showing what we should do as well. He didn't uh, rest because he was tired. He rested because it was finished, right? So anytime you see that something is finished, you see this spot of um, you can rest. Why? Because it's all done. You know, you can... Um, be in the spot where you get worked up in life, you get anxiety, you get fear. And, and why is that? Because you don't think that it's all finished yet. It's not done. Now, look at this in uh, John 15 really quick. It says that um, John 15, 5 through 8, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So I just want you to see that for a little bit. Sometimes in the Christian uh, language we say you're supposed to ask Jesus to come into your life. Um, well, technically, we're not asking God to come and be a part of our life. We're becoming a part of his life. He is the vine and we are the branches. We need to get connected to the right roots. So we enter into what God has already paid for on the cross through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. And so with God being the root and Jesus the branches, it says, if you abide in him and you connect with his life, then there's much fruit. Why? Because you're connected to the right source, right? So if you think about it too, any plant that uh, bears fruit, it always uh, bears fruit on the branches and you are considered the branches. So you should bear much fruit. As continues to go and says, for without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them up and throw them in the fire and they burn it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, I will ask or you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you might bear much fruit. 
so that you will be my disciples. Now, if you see here too, God is glorified when you bear much fruit. There's this wrong teaching today that's going through um, the church about you should be poor, you should be in poverty, you know, and there's this, it's just this horrible, horrible teaching. Uh, when you bear much fruit, and it's not just talking about fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? It says that uh, it is God that's given man the power to gain wealth. It says that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. There's so much scripture that goes into this that you see that God is glorified when you are blessed. God gets the glory. We know that it's the goodness of God that draws to repentance, and yet we want people to be poor and in poverty so that people are like, well, I want what he's got. No, if you people see how good God is to you, um, they come running. They want that, right? So you see that God has rested here and we are abiding in him. And when you abide in him, you can go back into that spot of rest, right? That place of rest where God is trying to get you back to relationship and right relationship with him. You see, we talked about God resting after the sixth day, not because he was tired, but because it was finished. And then you see that there's this spot here where even Jesus on the cross he looked up in the sky and he said, what? It is finished. He did what he had come to do. And so it says that he had sat down at the right hand of the Father. Because he was lazy? No, because he did exactly what he came to do. Now, if you jump forward into Hebrews and you read through the whole book, uh, Hebrews and chapter 4, there's a spot in Hebrews chapter 4 and they're talking about entering into the rest. And that is what we just read about too in um, John, where we're entering into the life of Jesus, right? It says that um, we are now heirs and co-heirs of Jesus Christ in the scripture. And so if we look through that, that's even the only reason that we can actually rest. Um, starting in Hebrews 1, if you go through it, um, Hebrews 4, starting in 1, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us um, let us fear, lest any of us seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with their faith in those who heard it. So we see here that there's this promise of rest, Right? starts off in, in Hebrews 4. So keep scripture into context. You pull a scripture out of context, you can use it in any message you want to, but if you put it back into context, it really lays out here what they're talking about here. And this is this promise of entering into rest. And then it says the gospel um, was preached to them as well to us, but to them, it was no good because it wasn't mixed with faith. So it didn't profit them. When you hear the word and you mix it with faith, it will profit you. You will see results in life. Something good is going to happen when you believe the word of God. You know, I'm not trying to get weird on this. And a lot of people go into the poverty mindset real quick. So just take the scripture for what it's saying in context. And it says that the word did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with their faith. It says, for he who have not believed... Do enter that rest. As he has said, I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken on a certain place on the seventh day in this way. God rested on the seventh day from all of his works again in this place. They shall not enter 
my rest. He's talking about the Israelites here and because they wouldn't go into the promised land and all that. And you kind of keep going through this and it's talking about if you today, if you will hear my voice and do not harden your hearts, it's talking about believing the word that is heard. So why did God rest? Because it was finished. Why did Jesus sit down at the right hand of the Father? Because it was finished. How can we enter into the place of rest when we know that it is finished? So when you hear the word and you hear the promises of God in the word that says things like, by my stripes you are healed, when you get a sickness on you, you shouldn't have to fear or worry because you know that by his stripes you are healed and it is finished. Now the problem happens is when in the natural we feel sick, we feel uh, we have a disease, we get a bad report from the doctor. And I'm not trying to belittle that stuff and say it's not real. But I'm saying that the word of God is more real and the promises of God are more real than anything this natural earth has to offer. Now, sometimes it doesn't manifest in the way that we want it to. Why? So many different reasons. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We live in a fallen world. All these things come into place, and it talks about our faith, right? And your faith is a substance, which means an actual physical matter or material out of Hebrews 11.1. And if you start to read through that, and faith is the evidence of things unseen. So you realize that your faith is an actual substance that's building behind the scene until so it manifests. It sometimes even says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We're expecting an immediate result all the time instead of believing the word of God for what the word of God says. And it, so we keep going through Hebrews 4 and it's talking about um, if you go into Hebrews 4 and starting in 11, it says, let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest. What does that mean? Let us stay on top of it to enter into the promises of God where we can be at peace to know that he has paid it all, right? That my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. The, the world says that. So when you feel like you don't have enough to make ends meet, you go back to the scripture and enter into that rest, into the place of peace, knowing that he's paid it all. So it says, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. Now, why is this so important? Um, because your soul and spirit is what is warring in your life. Your spirit is as righteous as it's ever going to be. It's that God part. It is the part that he breathed life into you. It's the part that's going to heaven. And your soul is your mind, will, and your emotion. That is the part that is probably a mess, right? That's why uh, in Romans 12, 2, it talks about uh, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be like everybody else, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So we renew our mind to get into that spot of peace. We renew our mind because our mind, will, and emotion wants to go with our five senses. Anything we see, anything we touch, anything we hear, we're going to go and revert right back to this. So you hear it's bad, it's going to be bad, right? And our faith isn't there, our fear is there. And those two can't be in the same thing. So instead of your faith building an outcome, your fear starts to create and build an outcome and we wonder why our life is headed in the direction that it is or why we're getting the results. And it's literally because we're letting fear build these scenarios for us. We're, they're so similar, faith and fear. Faith is 
the belief in something that hasn't happened yet. And fear is the faith of something that hasn't happened yet. What ifs, right? Um, so keep going in um, Hebrews 4, and it says, seeing that, uh, 4.14, let's start in there. It says, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Be careful what you're saying. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, talking about Jesus Christ, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin, let us th therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This is enter into that place of rest. That is, hold fast your confession. Don't just say everything. It's talking about Jesus being our high priest, right? So if you look at what the high priest was back in the day, the high priest was literally there and was the representative between God and the people. So now Jesus is your representative. So God's not looking at you anymore. He's looking at the blood of Jesus over your life, right? And some uh, scriptures talk about he's the high priest of our confession, um, meaning that what are you saying, right? If Jesus is the mediator between God and men of what you're saying, we need to be careful. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. Don't just spout off anything, right? You get a bad report, be careful what you say. Say I'm blessed and highly favored. Say I'm the righteousness of Christ. Say that by his stripes I was healed. Claim all of those healing promises and stand on those over fear all day long, right? Now, if we look at this, of entering into that place of rest, how do we even qualify for that, right? Because the Israelites, he said, I swore in my wrath that you will not enter into that place of rest. Um, but through Jesus Christ, we're able to, right? If you look at, uh, at the story of Abraham, think about this. The story of Abraham in Galatians, it says that Abraham was accounted as righteous. Well, how can he have righteousness when the blood of Jesus isn't even there yet? And it says that he was accounted as righteousness because he believed God was able to do what he said he was going to do. This goes back to the scripture that we talked about before about it. the word of God didn't even profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. So Abraham heard the word of God, right? He heard the promise of God, and that was it. He believed it. Now, if you think about this, how are you able to believe something like Abraham did? You like, you might be sitting there saying, well, I believe God, right? I, I believe God. No, think about Abraham, who's 100 years old, and his wife is 100 years old, right? And they're having this baby. And they're about that age, right? So they're having this baby, the promise of God, that they can't even have this baby because their bodies are considered dead at that age. And yet God gives them a promise that you'll be the father of many nations. And so he believes God. So much so, you say, well, what about, you know, Hagar? What about Ishmael? Is that faith? No, it says that he even grew faith and didn't waver. God didn't just look at his mistakes and define him by his mistakes. God looked at him and defined him by his faith, right? So when God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, this is his son that was a miracle child that wasn't supposed to happen like it's ever going to happen again. And it says that Abraham believed God that he was even able to 
raise Isaac from the dead. So Abraham, if you're reading the story of Abraham, it says that he went and um, God told him to sacrifice his only son. And it says, and early the next morning, he got up right away, right? And went to do that. Why? Because God said it and he believed God. He put that above anything else. So I'm telling you, how can you enter into that promise is when you believe God. How can you consider yourself righteous is when you believe the word of God. Now, I don't know if you don't consider the Bible the word of God or not, but I do. And so when I hear a promise in scripture or in Bible, it it holds a little bit more weight to me than just a good book. I believe that's the word of God. And so if I hear that promise, then I'm going to believe that promise no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, no matter what I feel, no matter what's going on, I'm going to choose to believe the promise of God that is in scripture over what I see. And if I need to do that, that if I can do that and I can mix it with my faith, I have a promise then to enter into his rest, to enter into that place of knowing that it's all done to enter into. And as soon as you start to get fear, you start to get anxiety, then you need to understand and realize that you have that because you don't believe it's all finished. You don't believe it's all done. So you cannot be in a place of rest because you think that there's something more that you have to do to get God to do something. And that's going back to the law, right? We don't have to do to try to get God to do something that he did 2,000 years ago. We have to believe. We have to attach our faith to it. Now, we can't even attach our faith for five minutes, let alone 10 minutes, let alone a week, a month, or a year, right? How long could you stand on the promise of God before you've seen it manifest? Well, I'm believing God for healing, but I'm not healed today. And I started, you know, yesterday. Well, I don't know if I can believe this anymore. No, I'm willing to stand on the word of God to the deathbed, right? Because it's the word of God. And you go through and you read the scriptures that we did. And man, it is powerful when you see it broken down. Go through Hebrews 4 again read Galatians 3, read Romans 4, and start to read these promises that God has given to you and me, and this promise of entering into his rest. But here's the problem. It's going to take work. And a lot of scriptures even say it's a labor of rest. Why? Because it's not easy to enter into rest. It's not easy to go take the promised land. Why? Because there's giants in the land. How's it not easy to enter into the rest? Why? Because we live in a fallen world with a devil roaring like a lion and we're here and we need to renew our mind daily to the scripture so that the scripture becomes our greater reality. If the doctor's report is your greater reality, then you need to get into the word more. If you know, your finances and your checkbook is your greater reality. You need to get into the word more. I'm not talking about living foolish. I'm not talking about fake it till you make it. I'm not talking about just to ignore things. I'm talking about making the word of God come alive in your life and be the greatest reality in your life so that you have that promise to enter into his rest. So I want to thank you guys today and I want to challenge you to spend time with your creator, spend time with your maker and enter into that place of rest. Again, if you love what we're doing, go check out kingdomyouthconference.com. Go check out all of the events that we've got coming up um, these years and uh, 
If you want to donate and partner with the ministry, you can do that on there as well. Again, that's KingdomYouthConference.com. Again, this is Ryan Edberg, and you are listening to Truth and Power. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.